Welcome to the Survival Podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survived the apocalypse, so you don't have to. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. It's the first time you didn't say he's Shane. <laughs> I, I know, and you're still you still paused because you're like, did he do it? <laughs> yeah, he still threw me off. He played it too. And uh, this week, behold the eighth wonder of the world, or something. That wasn't a good intro, but. It's uh, the story of Beauty and the Beast. Do you know what's funny? When I saw this originally as like maybe 12, 13, when I first saw it, I saw Christmas yeah. morning. I got really early Christmas morning once. Yeah. And like when I was too old for Santa, so it wasn't like, just happened I got up early. And I just like met, I yeah. used to like always watch, like I had this thing, I think there used to always be like a Mythbusters marathon on Christmas Day on Discovery. And that's usually what I oh, do, yeah. get up like, do a fry and watch like Mythbusters at like six yeah, in the morning yeah. on Christmas Day. And then just one year King Kong happened to be on and it was the first time I saw it. And I loved it. But I always thought he said the ape wonder of the world. <laughs> <laughs> it just never occurred to me that it was the ape wonder of the world. That's what you need to call this episode. The ape wonder, <laughs> the ape of, the wonder of the world. Um I uh, I had never actually fully seen this version. Like, I knew the whole story. I pretty much knew every scene watching it. It's probably been parodied more than any other piece of fiction that's yeah. ever been created. But more the... Um, like, I think I'd actually seen, like, so many clips and scenes of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then, too, because uh, it, it is, like, probably... It is one of the most, like, revolutionary movies ever made. Even though it's, like, made, like, 15 years into the advent of cinema. But still, like, don't... Oh, it was unbelievable. Like, there, it, there's in an entire, like, kinds of effects that just did not exist before this film. It's insane that so many things yeah. all came from this one film. I, I was reading about that. The directors created this one method of superimposing by going frame by frame with back projection. And so the actors could move with, interact with the within the scene, like a, a model. Yeah, and they didn't patent it, and they would have made millions off it. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, because everybody knows about like rear projection that like did be the stop motion mm. King Kong, and then the actors are at the front. But what people don't realize, like more often than not, what they're actually doing is having a lit, projecting a tiny little live action they, they record live action project that and then do the stop yeah. motion in front of it and actually yeah. frame by frame animate the live action stuff with the stop motion yeah it's crazy. and then they might use rear then they might project that and have another actor at the because there is one scene towards the end where like fey ray is in the background godzilla is in like the midground, and your man jack is at the front so there's like three different yeah yes yeah. and then there's like there's also like just props and fake trees in between. There is like eight different it's layers, 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 layers happening. Yeah. We're used to that in like Photoshop and After Effects, but this is just like these yeah, are yeah. guys like cutting film strips and pasting them on top of each other and doing map. It's insane. It's insane. If to anyone listening, if you, um, especially fans of, um, uh, not total recall the um well total recall too but um sorry blade runner is what i'm thinking of fans of blade runner and stuff there's there's these guys on youtube i think they're polish and they made their own short film that's basically set in the blade runner universe and it's called the high life 
but they have a whole YouTube channel dedicated to how they did it all. And they did it all with miniatures and rear projection. And there is no CGI in it at all. And it's just incredible. And it took them like three years to make this 10 minute film. Um, but they do loads of that where they, they got a, did a matte painting and they cut a hole in it and then they shot a scene and then they put a, projected it behind it and then filmed the whole thing together so it looks like there's someone standing in the matte painting and yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. incredible um and they just did it like in their garage <laughs> but it's one of those things that makes me want to do that kind of stuff because i recently did a short film with a miniature behind me but i just did it green screen like i shot i filmed the miniature and then yeah put a green screen behind me and uh, that was really good fun but matte painting you only do a matte painting on film like yeah <laughs> uh, for people that don't, don't know what a map painting is like basically how they done it was you know you're shooting on like cellulite film so they essentially black out a portion of the film shoot a scene with people then put the film back through a camera invert it so they black out what they've just shot and then expose what was previously blacked out and then shoot something else or yeah. put, put like a background in instead it's it's great. That's not even a good explanation. Just look it up. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, so say yeah, what these guys did was like a painting, and with a hole in it. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it. Yeah, it's the same. That, that's just that's the method they're done in Godzilla. And there's other versions like yeah. a lot of them. Like for, when when they do like um, it in the foreground, a lot of the time they would just use it would be in camera. They would just have a glass panel in front of the clam- camera. And maybe like yeah. say say there's a castle in the foreground, you just literally paint the castle onto glass and put it in front of the camera. I know, I love that shit. <laughs> and some of it's it looks dirty. they've done a lot of that in uh, the Wizard of Oz, and it looks yeah, fantastic. Yeah. It looks so much better than if that was CG. Oh, way better. Well, um, even modern like Lord of the Rings does does a lot of that. Like people think that so much of Lord of the Rings is CG, and obviously there's huge amounts of CG in that film. But there is loads of yeah. like map paintings and glass paintings and like force forced perspective and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is why I was really disappointed by Peter Jackson's King Kong, the remake of this. Oh. It's, um and it is a remake of this version of King Kong, as opposed to Skull Island, which came out a few years ago, is a different story and yeah. um where it's his Peter Jackson's one is this story and it's um even though he was such a huge fan of this and he even made a missing scene from this um yeah the spider um, pit scene that might have been in yeah the it turn, turns watched. out it uh, no it was i didn't realize yeah, it wasn't yeah. meant to be in it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, peter jackson recreated it it's, a, it's, yeah, a, it's a, it was see, shot it's originally see. it was cut out of the film and then back in the day nobody kept deleted scenes because where would you what use did they have so it was just lost the guy the the special effects artist on king kong uh i wrote down his name something o'brien henry o'brien i think was his name but he um let me check that willis o'brien he uh spent two months working on that scene by himself oh i know it's called out of the film wow because I think I might be wrong about this, but I think like for King Kong, one second of film of like special effects in it took on average about 140 hours to produce. I you know, I was reading some stuff there and they're saying like on average they take just for this just for the special effects. So just for doing the 
stop motion of Kong would take them about 20 hours for every second just for his animation. Okay. So, so yeah, so it's probably 140 when you put every, like all the... The layers. The layers and the map paintings and everything yeah. because there's so much happening in every scene. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny too because like the film that it always be compared to is something like Godzilla or yeah, yeah. Gorgira, the, the original Japanese one, which I also love. But Godzilla is in that for like, I think, eight minutes. And it's a man. Oh, yeah. It's a man in a rubber suit. King yeah. Kong. Like, I would, like, he must be in like 40 minutes of this movie. Like, they don't yeah, yeah. skimp on the special effects. Like, there's so much of them in it. Like, once he shows up, it's 40 minutes before he shows up. But once he shows up, it's his movie. Like, he's just in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if it's he's not in it, there's other, there's like, there's fucking different dinosaurs. There's the spider scene. There's the pterodactyl. Like, there's so much special effects yeah. in the film. There's the, it's not a snake, the legged snake creature thing that attacks mm. them, which they did variations of them then in Skull Island, the near of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I was, I, only because I recently watched um, our favorite, uh, other podcast <laughs> they did a uh, the remake on a they did a, and there's a moment where kong is fighting the t-rex in the remake and after he kills the t-rex he like pulls open its jaws to kill it yeah and then he's playing with its jaw to see is it's still dead and uh that is a great like, scene uh, in the remake to be fair yeah i was like it's in the original though so. yeah 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 i didn't realize that was in the original i totally thought that was like a modern thing because we know so much more about like ape behavior now and all I that think kind he of does stuff. it to the pterodactyl as well, maybe. Yeah, kind of. He definitely, uh, or maybe does he suffocate the tar? It looks like he closes the pterodactyl's beak, yeah, and kind of like suffocates him, maybe. Yeah, they're further away because they're on the cliff and, or, and stuff, so it's a bit. But you definitely see that Kong, he, um, he he like wrestles the t-rex and stuff like he grab he sweeps his legs and takes and that like he he uses like he's got strategy essentially so it's marion c cooper is the director and i have a and ernest b showed sack i think is his name. Yeah. i don't know how to pronounce that um so they had both had been wrestlers of course they were right <laughs> In the and so while working with the special effects teams, they this is a, they acted out the fighting movies for the battle between the T-Rex and King Kong in the effects studio. So the animators yeah. knew what moves to do. Brilliant. <laughs> and uh, then there, yeah, and Willis H. O'Brien, who you were talking about, he was an amateur boxer as well. So they brought in their different like fighting experiences. And uh, so wrestler moves like a trip out and a snapmare were used during the fight. Uh Oh yeah, I can even I can tell what both of those were. So was it uh, Kong finally wins by climbing on the T Rex's shoulders and pulling his jaws apart? This move would later be popularized as the Rocka Ride by professional wrestler uh, Angelino Rocca in the nineteen forties. <laughs> Brilliant! But uh, so, so they are actually wrestling moves. I was watching that at one point. At one point, he just like decks him in the head he just goes for a proper like, he does punch. an uppercut as well at one yeah point. yeah and, and he even looks like, like he does like the old timey box yeah he's like, he's like put him out put him out yeah. bam and it's like, uh, well i just love that that's so old timey in itself that like so the two directors and the special effects supervisor were both like were like wrestlers and boxers you don't see now nowadays they're just nerds 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine you and me being like, oh, we're doing this movie, and then um, you're on the studio floor, and you and me just start wrestling, and be like, you're watching, you're watching, watch this one, watch this one, watch this one. <laughs> so you picture, like, a Hemingway kind of character ripping his shirt off, like, I'll show you how it should look. And he just, like, grabs some grip, and he just starts, like, getting him in a headlock. It's like... <laughs> I don't, I don't know, Mister. I, I ain't do. I ain't too good at this. Like, so, Mar- I, I'm sorry, Mister Cooper. I'm sorry, Mister Cooper. <laughs> Marion C. Cooper. He created yeah. King Kong. The entire thing. Was yeah, like yeah, his, he did it. Yeah. It's his vision. And like he, um, so he was always like just obsessed with apes, and he just wanted to make like an ape monster movie, <laughs> but he had no real like vision of it. And then one day, he was just like in New York. And he just saw a plane flying around the Empire State Building. And then yeah. he just imagined, like, what it looked like if an ape was on top of it, a giant ape was on top of that. And that's just, the film came from that image, which makes sense. It became the yeah, most he famous backward, image. backwards from that. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, and that was it. Like, he literally just had the end and it would end with a giant ape on the Empire State Building being shot off it. And then but everything. That, that's a great way to write. It's just like, so how do we get here? You know, and then think about it. Yeah. And, um, so, like, everyone knows the story, but just, I guess we do a bit of a basic is... We, we open on a, a, a moving picture ship, which is what... Yeah, yeah. Is this, is this, this the moving movie? picture ship? Yeah. <laughs> They're going off to uh, shoot a film somewhere. Uh, the casting director has uh, not found a leading lady on the night before they go off to shoot their film, which is probably not actually that weird back in the day. Yeah, I, I have a bunch of theories I'm going to throw at you after we go through this. But, anyway, go <laughs> but so the director goes to a... Well, he goes to a women's shelter kind of place to yeah. look for an actor. Which is Carl Denham or Denham. Yeah. And, you know, eventually he finds Faye Ray uh, down on her luck and she agrees to... It's very dodgy. Like, that never happened now. No no woman. Even as, as like, down on the luck as they maybe would not be getting on a ship with a fucking... Especially somebody from Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. So he yeah, he meets her not to go through every scene or anything like that, but like, uh, she's he spends ages looking for people, and then she tries to steal like an apple, and he mm. saves her from the shopkeeper and buys her dinner essentially. And uh, I just, but anyway, here's this whole moment where he's like, "Oh, you're absolutely beautiful. I think you should be in my movie." Blah, blah, blah. We're going off on our boat for six yeah. weeks and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, "Oh, I don't want to get in." And he, and he go, he's like, "It's okay. I'm on the level." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was surprised by because like a lot of the time, there's a lot of the stuff in this movie actually that surprised me. Like looking at it now, that that you would you didn't get away with in films back then, and maybe yeah, it just yeah. hadn't. Maybe later, if they made this 10 years after it, they wouldn't have got away with it. Uh, but stuff like that, like they wouldn't be allowed to reference the fact that the casting couch thing, which is what she was getting at there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you take of it, like, especially in America, maybe elsewhere you would have, but like censorship in America got so crazy by the 50s. Like when you look at like, like one of the, one of the big things that had to be cut from Psycho was a toilet flushing. Yeah. It got really that that was considered obscene that you heard a toilet flush. Yeah. yeah. And that, uh, like, her boobs were too big, even though she was wearing, like, a big fucking wool jumper. Whereas <laughs> in this, like, there's a moment in this where Kong strips Faye But that was cut after. It was cut, yeah, yeah. Like, it was in theaters for a couple of weeks, and then they made them cut it down and stuff. And... 
loads of fight scenes were cut down. But she was still running around in the torn clothing. And I think, like, yeah, yeah. it's not even the point where Kong strips her, but later in the film, when they escape Kong, when they jump into the river, when they come back up, you kind of, you see she has cleavage. Like, you, you can see, like, the outline. Yeah, yeah. And you never saw that in films back then. And her her test dress, when they're on the ship, and you're... Um... Denim, is it Denim? Dunham, can't remember his name now. Uh, um, Denim, I think, yeah. Denim. The director. Denim is, do- yeah, is doing, uh, like, test shots with her. Um, I didn't notice it on because I ended up watching it on my phone. <laughs> but <laughs> on um, the, apparently the dress she was wearing, like, you could just see through and see her nipples and stuff. And then, right, like, yeah. Um, I was reading the trivia and stuff about it. Apparently that was a whole thing, but they they left that in the film. <laughs> just got away with it like, uh, yeah well i think they got away with it a lot but uh yeah so she goes anyway and uh, that's where we meet uh john driscoll who is who who's a woman here <laughs> yeah i love that <laughs> that's a great line it's like i thought you hated women not you <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's full of great lines he's not like it's not subtle that he's just like old school sexist he literally just hates women it's like i just yeah. don't like women that's his attitude i i wrote this down this is a direct quote from which is um because they have this whole debate at the start where they're like, "Oh, I've never been on a, I've never been on a like a shipping mission like this with a woman on board," and all this stuff like <laughs> yeah. that goes on. Yeah. Like every character has that moment with either Denim or Feyre <laughs> where they say to them, "Oh, I can't believe you're putting a woman on this. Like we can't bring a we can't bring a girl or a, a lassie or anything. yeah, and um, or a skirt with us. We can't bring a skirt with us." And this, but but uh, yeah, he he has a great line which is. Women just can't help being a bother. <laughs> I wrote it down. Because she, she says to him, oh, I haven't been much bother, have I? And he's like, ah, I guess women just can't help being a bother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just your, your mere presence is a bother. And, and he's just standing like on the deck, like looking at to see. But like he's clearly implying like you're, you're really distracting mm. because cause you're an attractive woman is what he's trying to say to her. I do find, though, like, old-school sexism is quite funny because it's so absurd. Like, modern sexism, <laughs> obviously horrible. And obviously horrible yeah, back yeah. then, too. But there's something really funny about how it's depicted in films. Because I imagine it's quite, like, it's exaggerated because, well, like, everything in, in old-school film. Like, let's be real. Like, look at looking at uh, King Kong's a great movie. Back then, though, like yeah. they were shocking actors. Like nobody in that acts oh, yeah. like a real person. The way they deliver lines, no, no. and like, come it's on, boys, movie. let's build a raft, and everybody starts cheering, and they build a raft, and yeah. it's like people don't act like that. But I love when they depict sexism back then. There's a an adaption of I think it's like, uh, it's one of the Jules Verne novels, anyway. Like, and be the. I think it could be 20,000 oh, Leagues. Yeah. I was trying and to remember how many leagues it was. In this version, yeah, I'm not even sure if that is how many leagues. But in this version of it, and it was made maybe like 50s. And I just remember there's this great scene where the female character, in the adaption, the the woman, it's her father maybe, who is who Nemo? has the map. or Sorry? Is it her father is Nemo, Captain Nemo? No? no, well, I think in the film, maybe it almost might be like a sequel to the book. Oh, it's its own thing. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. 
but they're going on they're going down or maybe they're finding the runes of Nemo's submarine or something but anyway she um knows where it is and she's like I can come I can help you and the main character just looks at her with such disdain and he just it's an amazing delivery of line he's like you can't come you're a woman <laughs> and that's it <laughs> Like no other explanation. That's really I can't even remember the content of the, the or the context of the scene. I just remember that yeah. line and his delivery. It's just amazing. Yeah. But even like the first conversation with the casting director and Denim when they're on the sh- the, the film making ship or whatever they call it, the, the moving picture ship, moving picture ship, and um, he's saying to him, "Is like you sure you've made all your pictures without a woman?" And it's like, why can't you just? do this one with a woman and he's like ah it's what the audience want they want romance they want a pretty face yeah yeah. but yeah you'd wonder what his what were his films like because this is where i'm going with this this is my theory right that i was gonna say and um was he uh it's implied this later on towards the end when they've kong in the theater and uh there's an old woman says, oh, I don't want to sit too close. The screen hurts my eyes. And mm. a man goes, oh, it's not. It's a live show. There's no screen. Yeah. And she she's like, oh, but like Denim makes all those movies with like the animals in them. And all I can think is he's a documentary maker. Possibly. But it's like, look at the like this was made in 1933. So, yeah, he just made whatever. You look at the films that were like when we done yesteryear's news today, we done some stuff on like the first version of Frankenstein that was made in like 1990. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like a 20 minutes or oh, not even 20 minutes. It was probably like 15 minutes. Like a lot of them were just experimental films. Yeah. And they were used one reel. Yeah. So like, yeah, who knows what he was making, but it's 1933. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just, I basically what I'm trying to say is, Denim is shady as shit. <laughs> he's definitely shady, but he says early on that he makes adventure films. Yeah, yeah. So he's so making... I think maybe he makes, like, like, fake documentaries. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. What documentaries are real, anyway? Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> um, yeah, like, he's just shooting, like, recreations of explorers in these exotic places. Yeah, I get you. And it's... He's he's shooting like a man being attacked by a lion and he wrestles the lion and wins because the <laughs> yeah. lion you see him wrestling is a stuffed one or you know like Yeah, which obviously is the type of film they go to that island to shoot, but Um I I just think my my t- theory basically was that he knew a lot more what he was getting himself into than he pretends to. Well he, he knows he you're going to Skull Island. And he yeah, has and this he, map. And he and doesn't he knows... necessarily know that say kong is a gorilla but he knows that the people there well he just got cut out for a second yeah yeah he did as well um he he knows the people there worship kong and kong is some kind of god and assumes it's some kind of thing ancient behind this wall like he knows that wall is going to be there yeah because he got the map from some norwegian captain i think he says and uh he but just there had to be no discussion more. about like what he wants to go there for a reason. Like he was yeah. taught something, and of and he has no film crew, and he makes some excuse about how he doesn't trust cameramen because they're too afraid and all this kind of stuff. But he literally is just a madman with a camera. Uh, yeah, it's um, 
So I think he thought going to an island like that and bringing an attractive blonde would be a good commodity. And they happened to just arrive the day that, because they seem to be on a very strict schedule to get there at a certain yeah. time and stuff. And they happen to arrive the day the natives are doing their Bride of Kong ceremony and stuff. I just think he knows more. I know, okay, it's convenient storytelling or whatever. But. but then also I got the impression that the Bride of Kong never lasts long, so they have to sacrifice a lot of women to him. When you look at, <laughs> when you look at how many times like another creature comes to try and kill Feyrey, yes <laughs> i'd say like they like they'd sacri- they have to sacrifice a girl to him every couple of days because he just can't keep them alive <laughs> yeah like he gets in like in the time it takes him to walk home pretty much with fey he gets in like four different fights yeah and serious brawls yeah yeah now there's parts of dublin where you might get in the same (laughs) amount of altercations on the way home but like it's definitely it's a pretty rough environment so i'd say not many of them survive but he liked fey ray so much that he put in more effort to defend her i guess i hadn't thought of that side of it actually i was just thinking of denim being a dodgy fucker (laughs) There, there is a funny part too when when they're on the ship and they're close to Skull Island and Feyrey. We keep calling her Feyrey. We, we keep switching between like, we're calling everybody else by their characters' names. But we're calling her by her real name. Oh yeah, she's Anne Darrow. Darrow. Um, but they're, they're on the ship and she asks, uh, how, how will we know when we're there? And he's like, oh, it's Skull. Or no, he says, oh, there's a, the, a mountain in the shape of a skull. And she just goes... Oh yes, I remember now. Skull Island. You're like, how did you forget that? How like how would you forget that the island's called Skull Island because there's a mountain shaped like a skull? Like how would you forget that detail? Oh yeah, I remember Skull Island. I guess she was injecting cocaine into herself mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. Opium, I guess. Yeah, yeah. She was homeless. That's true. <laughs> some dirty junkie <laughs> <laughs> so, another thing and we're just switching between fucking movie facts now but yeah, what's yeah. interesting about this so you know how uh universal lost the copyright on this or oh, well okay. rko did originally not on the character because that's a trademark so that'd be different but on the the, the actual story of king kong how they lost it yeah, was because yeah. they never renewed the copyright on the novelization of the film uh, and normally you would never need to renew the copyright yeah, yeah, on the novelization the reason they should have is because they released the novelization two months before the film came out uh, so the novelization was actually the first thing that entered the public therefore when the copyright wasn't renewed on that that fell into uh, the public course, domain yeah. therefore the film did that's crazy. Yeah. I think something similar might have happened to Night of the Living Dead. I think that might be how that oh, fell into the yeah. public domain. There was like a comic book or something that they released and it ended up... Oh, or like oh. Night of the Living Dead like played in like drive throughs before it like got a general release. So yeah. whatever version was first released, they never copyrighted or renewed it. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, yeah, I just know it's one of those really sad stories where it's like such a successful movie and George Romero made very little money out of it. Yeah, I think he uh, made two hundred. Like he he made two hundred bucks in total off Night Live and Dead. That's just heartbreaking. 
but at least yeah. he went on to do he made money off other stuff i think the worst like one he made a career like didn't, still... like the guys who created superman they, they get completely screwed oh yeah all the guys we didn't know about till recent movies where they credit them <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah like a lot of the marvel guys were like they weren't credited until until after Stan, Stan Lee died. <laughs> until after <coughs> Stan Lee died. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, uh, but anyway, you know, um, this is a great movie. You know, I just really, really liked it. I just thought it was so well made. And like, the, uh, like I was saying, all the effects and stuff are incredible. Imagine seeing this in the cinema at the time. I just. Yeah. Like, they hold up so well. Like, there's obviously, yeah. like, obviously Kong looks a bit, especially, like, it's the the first scene where he shows up, actually, is probably the worst looking. Like, he looks kind of, the model looks kind of plasticky or rubbery or something. Yeah, yeah. But it's obviously they were just using a different puppet for that scene or whatever. Because yeah, there's other scenes where it looks more like a fur. Yeah, they had a few different versions of him. So the, the version of him... It's shot all on the island. It was a different model they used in the city. So one on the island, he's a different shaped face and all this kind yeah. of stuff. But... And then they have different, like, because when you see the close-up of his face, it's a completely different, it's just a giant animatronic face they use for that. <laughs> they, it's, not... yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's weird because like... in a lot of the shots, it's not in front of anyone, but they, it looks like they made this massive face. And then they probably well, they didn't did, need yeah. it. <laughs> and like the, the so the the T Rex King Kong face off is the first thing they shot. Oh wow, okay. That was actually shot before they even had any money. Uh oh, Ryan, it was like a test footage. Yeah, they used that to show the studio that they could do it. Um so that was O'Brien by himself, like four months just animating that by himself before like none of the, the Fay Ray stuff was all done after. Yeah. And that's why you can tell that's the one scene where it does just look like something's being projected and she's just standing in front of it. The the cool thing about that method is... Peter Jackson actually owns the original puppets from that scene. The King Kong and the T-Rex. That's right, yeah. He owns a few different ones from it because he's such a big fan of it. The But that's the cool thing about it compared to, like, say... I know we're going back on this. Uh, but compared to, say, green screen is the actors could see what we're seeing with the rear projection so they can interact with it better you're getting more of that now with like something like the star wars series the mandalorian where everything is uh well it's front projection i think or is it rear projection it's a a new kind of projection anyway where it's the entire it's an entire dome where the entire everything's being projected at once and the camera move the camera is programmed to move with the screen so it's yeah. Like if the camera moves left, then the background that's on that screen moves left as well. So as it looks like one fluid movement. It's so cool. It's, like that's the future. That's it's so better, way better than any CG or anything. Like that. And it's great for the Mandalorian for because like it means that they li- all the actors are lit by the background and the foreground that's been projected. Yeah. So it looks like natural light. Like you can see on the Mandalorian because he's wearing like he's wearing like, like a silver like armor. And you see the reflection of yeah. everything that's around him, and it looks so now. Na- it oh, looks this... like he is on this alien planet. There's so many things in Mandalorian that looks like they shot them like 
outside in a field and then you mm. watch the making of and it's not it's in its studio they're lit on real yeah they're just in this little dome it was actually have you seen the tom cruise film uh oblivion, oblivion? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah they were the ones that, that that's where this technology really yeah. started well just technology started in fucking 1933 with king kong but the, oh, yeah. the new improvement of it was on oblivion yeah yeah um i don't think on oblivion it was as smart as it is like no the, but it was also like it hadn't they hadn't implemented it in that form in it had been nearly like like 70 years since that was like the done thing yeah but, but there, like, are, there are some really good uses of it in oblivion too because he has like in oblivion i remember he has like his he's in like a base that's kind of like high in the sky yeah yeah and I remember seeing that and thinking, this looks great, how you see the clouds reflected in everything. And it was because they're in that dome. Yeah, it's cool. It's deadly. Uh, no, yeah, definitely the way they're doing Mandalorian is like the future of this kind of stuff. Because that was the one thing, as I was saying earlier, like with the Peter Jackson remake, I just thought it looked terrible when I saw it. I remember seeing it in the cinema and it's like, whatever, like four hours long as well. Um, I just remember thinking it looked terrible and what i really hated about it was they seem to do this thing in post with people's skin tones and faces where they've like airbrushed them all like it's like nobody has any pores in their face yeah, they're like yeah. super smooth and they've used these like lens filters and then they've put on like it's just it's all too artificial and fake looking and yeah I and i think what, didn't like it at all. what they're trying to do is they're trying to like somehow replicate how films looked in the 30s but a modern version of it where the co- like can you've seen the shit what's the aviator the aviator martin scorsese's film howard hughes mm. biopic with leonardo dicaprio i haven't actually no really good film but they actually do something similar in that where like the col- the color correction is very weird like there's one specific scene where play- he's playing golf with uh is it Audrey Hepburn? No, some other famous actress. And it just oh, yeah. looks really weird. Like the grass on the golf course is blue. Oh, okay. Because it's meant to look like how that that period of time where we're first getting into color film, where there were like paint and film cells and stuff, and everything looked yeah, a bit yeah. off. And everybody, it looked like they had like the Instagram skin tone filter as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what the King Kong looks but like. But it works yeah. really well. It's just done right in the aviator because it's not done for yeah. the entire film. It's done for certain scenes. Yeah, and you have a bird. Well, no, you don't have it. Like Peter Jackson's an incredible director, but no, I think like Scorsese has just had a better take on how to do it for that film. Yeah, yeah. But I think they were trying to do the same thing. I think they were trying to do like make a modern film with like certain techniques that older movies had but yeah and uh, i suppose this way put it is in in lord of the rings whenever uh, they kind of do beauty shots so pretty much like Anytime what the elves elf. look like when they're in the when you're in like the elf realms yeah um or like close-ups of um the elves and six that like it's basically everyone looks like that in the king kong remake and just, yeah just it's it just takes you out of the movie i found just uh, I was constantly being distracted by how the film looked rather than it being engrossed in it. You know? Yeah. Where this black and white film from the 30s with rear projection and stop animation, I was so engrossed in it. <laughs> yeah. And, and another thing with, with Peter Jackson's King Kong, and I love, like, um, what's the actor's name who plays Kong in it? 
Oh, uh, Andy Serkis. Does Andy Serkis. Yeah. I, I, like, I love him as an actor, and he's great. Like, what he does in the Planet of the Apes movies yeah, is yeah. amazing. And I appreciate the effort he put in with King Kong. Like, that's where he, like, research. Like, he moves like an ape and all this, and then motion capture. Yeah. But I just don't like that take for King Kong, because, like, King Kong, he isn't a gorilla. He's another... Yeah. He's, he's, he's a different creature. Like... He kind the same way Godzilla isn't a lizard, you know. Yeah, and I prefer yeah, yeah. the original King Kong version that he is like he is this other mysterious creature we don't we we have never seen before. The more yeah, the closer yeah. he gets to a gorilla that we can go to a zoo or a wildlife park and see, the less interesting he is, the less mysterious he is. Yeah, and I mean that he's just another monkey. Like yeah, like I prefer that he walks more upright in the original and that he like. That he wrestles and he yeah, has more, more, even more intelligence. He's kind of more human, and you don't know how old he is. And but there are certain things, like I liked how he was more emotional in Peter Jackson's version, and I liked yeah. that he's older. He's graying in Peter Jackson's yeah, version, yeah. and it is just something like you do get the impression like he's just been living like this for maybe like a hundred and fifty years, fighting every day. You know, f- getting in four fights on his way home every day he's he's the wrestler and he's yeah yeah and he's been alone he's been alone for all of it like he's probably like the peter jackson version is probably the most like solitary character ever on film you can't help but feel sorry for him no yeah he's good like that's what i did i did like that part about it and uh, they do it in skull island the newer one have you seen that one yeah yeah i like that i really like that and um, in that it's like his his parents were killed when he was quite young so, yeah, like they discovered the bodies of Kong's parents, and they talk about how he's still growing. So then, obviously, by the new, he's only meant to be like Kong a teenager in Skull Island, but he's whatever, like a hundred years old. Yeah, but a teen- <laughs> like comp- he's there, yeah, ver- yeah. his species version of a teenager. Yeah, yeah. So that because that movie's set in the seventies, I think, and then the idea being that by the time we get to twenty twenty or 21 or whatever when yeah. Kong versus Godzilla he's, he's full grown. sized he's massive um, and, uh, but I think that's whether it was I know it was intentional but you don't notice it as much but I remember when I remember seeing the making of the Peter Jackson's remake and they had like a whole huge section dedicated to the idea that like he has battle damage and scars and all this kind of stuff mm. And they're talking about how unique and cool it was and stuff. But watching this one, like, he's scarred to shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like, think you even put see a lot of detail like, in him. One of his, he, one of the teeth is like completely broken because you can see that the other one's fine, but one of them is completely yeah, shit. Yeah. So like, something he got a hit, something done, something knocked a tooth out essentially. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was just and, the puppet uh, had a broken tooth, and they're just like, leave it. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah he's he's a battle-worn bastard like i was just saying like you're talking about how kong moves and stuff and uh you probably end up cutting this out but um i was like my my kid is like crawling and like stand like pulling herself up to stand and stuff Mm. and you still haven't met her i'm like the time you but so she's she's got that real like primal way of moving around and stuff mm. it's like totally different to how an adult moves you know and um i was just like but i was just thinking like she's grown so fast like by the time you meet her she'll just be like hi johnny because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because of covid like she hasn't seen anyone yeah you know? it's crazy 
like we have this like little person we don't have a little baby anymore that like is this precious thing you have bundled in your arms we have like a little little kid who's like funny it must be now must be the time where you're just very comfortable that you're not like i'm not going to like hold her the wrong way and hurt her oh i got over that very quickly uh, yeah see that oh, yeah. i get like fucking if the dog is sleeping at the foot of my bed i'm conscious that i could roll over and like snap his <laughs> neck you know though the other night she was in the bed between us and i rolled like so she was like on my right side and I rolled over onto my left and basically flipped her because <laughs> she was like holding on to me and I didn't even realize I'd forgotten she was there and I was woke up instantly I was like oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit and but they're so t- they're so t- they're so like kind of technically tough at this stage oh yeah because like you remember when you were a kid like you might like older than what she is now but like when you're like three or four you could be you could like fall down like three steps of the stairs and of course you'd hurt yourself yeah, but you'd yeah. get up brush yourself you, you might cry but then like two uh, minutes later you're fine and you're back playing yeah, yeah. but if you compare that to the size you are then to now that'd be like falling down a full flight of stairs yeah, yeah. i like i, I wouldn't get up big... i'd be i'd be still if I, if I fell down the stairs tonight i'd be there until the morning like because my back would be in shit and stuff like <laughs> Oh no, I have a really clear memory of falling down the full flight of my stairs in my parents' house and I was about four because I mm. remember because I was with another kid who my mum minded and he was in, he had started school and I hadn't and I was giving him a tour of our house as like a four-year-old and I fell down the stairs and went the full length of the stairs down and like I cried and my mum came out and like picked me up and so like five minutes later I was playing and yeah. I was fine. And it wasn't a case of like the next day. I was like, "Oh, my shoulder really hurts." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did a full tumble all the way down, and like you're grand, like yeah. Yeah. you're bruised, but you're not like, "Oh man, I'm gonna have an ice bath tonight and a glass of wine." <laughs> yeah. Go to bed. Well, it's because you've got a lot. Like you're, you're you like you have baby fat and stuff. You have more cushion. There's mm. also like psychological elements as well. Yeah. You're not as aware of what an injury can do to you, so you can probably like pull yeah. yourself up and just get through it quicker. Like kids are really tough. Like once do, they do get... you remember being a, like I have nephews who are like 10 and 12 and uh, I saw them there at a distance at Christmas. And, uh, but like, even I was minding them say before we went into lockdown last year, I was minding them for like a whole weekend. I remember you. When and, you were, um, yeah. and like they're walking around the house in like shorts and uh all their legs are just in bruise tons of bruises and stuff yeah and i was like oh yeah i remember you remember being like a kid and your legs are just permanently bruised to shit you just like, constantly had scratches all over you you couldn't even remember really how you got them you always had ripped clothes as well you always, like. Have, like, always have a scab on your knee when yeah, you're a kid. yeah. Like, it's always and if you don't then there's something wrong with you exactly. stop playing video games get out and play yeah. you lazy prick yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like if you have kids and they don't have like some like bruises on them you should give them some (laughs) (laughs) that's that's where you were going with it so as they fit in is what i'm saying yeah yeah it's the the kind thing to do yeah don't spend money on expensive uh (laughs) designer wear just give them a box in the ear 
Now, I just had an idea, and I wish I had this idea at the start, because I could explain it better. It'd be better for an intro. But, so, okay, so we recorded, the last episode we recorded was The Stand. Yeah. And I haven't even uploaded it yet, because... I was thinking that, yeah. It's just a very long edit. There's a lot of, like, just yeah. audio problems in it. For people listening, we are still recording remotely. We run into a lot of audio pro. In, in fact... In the edit, I am going to put in one of the audio glitches from the stand episode, so as people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so right now, you'll hear an audio glitch. Oh, I get you. That sound happens throughout the podcast, so I have to individually like take it out. So it takes ages. Anyway, but I got this idea. So maybe I was going to put the stand up before King Kong. I was going to put up like, yeah. maybe tomorrow, but now I think I might hold off on the stand until next month and yeah. we'll do king get king kong up first and then maybe another like maybe we'll do like the congo or something because it's the first of april and i think we should from now on make april our ape month oh i like that <laughs> just call it april madness or something <laughs> we just call it like ape tober <laughs> even <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. I love that. Um, so, oh, it's really funny. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to say we could do Planet of the Apes, but we, we've already done that. Oh, yeah. But we could do another ape movie, try to get another one out in April, and then put the stand up. I like that idea. I just like a gimmick. Yeah, yeah. Because we were aiming to try and latch onto some of the hype of uh, the... Kong vs. Godzilla. We could Godzilla just do Kong, whatever that is. We could just do Godzilla vs. Kong next week. The original one. The what is that like? Nineteen thirty-seven one, I think. Oh no, it's so, much. Uh, it's like fifty-seven or something. It's much. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I there is what's interesting is there's not actually that many King Kong films, but we'll get into that. Uh, no, we could just do the new one because it's out and it's on like HBO yeah. Max, so we could just watch that. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, I already know the ending. I literally just saw, like, on my... I I ended up, like, blocking the YouTuber because, like, they just yeah. uploaded a video and it's, like, the moment where Kong does such and such and it's, like, it just yeah. gives away the complete ending of the film. I, I saw an angry treat, tweet by someone, I, a, f- a film guy who I really like and uh, basically spoils the movie and it's him tweeting angrily at that such and such a thing happened or something and I was like I d- you just spoil the movie for everyone dickhead um, when a film has just come out there's no excuse for it I there's a I, I used to listen well I still kind of listen to it but there's a podcast Nerd Soup and I, I, I really like the podcast but it annoyed me so much I was listening to that podcast and they weren't discussing once it was like the week once upon a time in hollywood came out in america didn't come out it came out in america like a week before it came out everywhere else yeah and they weren't even talking they were talking about game of thrones and somebody Uh, just mentioned alter an alternate history of game of thrones and the host went yeah it could it'd be like once upon a time in hollywood where where it doesn't matter that we're spoiling it now it's an old enough movie but he says like where Sharon Tate gets to survive and the Manson family die. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You're talking about Game of Thrones and you just threw in a, a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood me. spoiler. Like, <sighs> you, it's bad enough to like mention a film that's just out and not give a warning, yeah, yeah. but to be talking about a completely different franchise in a different genre and then you just compare it to something that's just came out and you spoil the ending to it. Like, 
It's crazy. Yeah. I uh, biggest spoiler ever for me. Especially was... when you're a nerd podcast, they should be the people that are yeah, really yeah. like cautious of this. Sorry, go on. I had a, a friend of mine. It was me and Darren. Actually, we were we were walking home from school one day, and he was trying to come up on that. He was trying to explain it some to us, and he was like, uh, and he used as an analogy. He's like, oh, you know the way in the end of Sixth Sense it turns out Bruce Willis is dead all the time, and we both went no, and he was like, guys, like the movie's been out for like a month. Like what? Like what are you talking about? How do you not know this? We're like, we haven't seen it yet. And, and it would probably have been a bit more than a month now, but like it'd been out a couple of months. You know. It was probably on DVD. It was probably already on DVD, say. Um, but neither of us had seen it. We were like, yeah. no. And I've yet to this day been able to sit through the movie because I knew. <laughs> yeah, it probably doesn't work very well if you know the ending. Um, back then, especially, like it'd be different now if The Sixth Sense came out this year. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen it in like two months, then it's your own fault. Oh, yeah, but but back, back then, in. where you have to wait until DVD, and even then, you could live like the video store in my hometown, a film like Sixth Sense, they might get two copies of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it might be two months before it actually be, but before you'd be able to get a copy. Yeah. It'd yeah. be booked out so much. Yeah. So back then, like, you just had to, like, I feel like back then something had to be out like a year. It had yeah. to, you know what? It had to have had its national TV premiere on like RTE. Before that's like three fit. years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's too much. Yeah, it at least had to have been on Sky Movies. Yeah, yeah. That, so it's like you could at the very least get a friend to record it for you if you yeah, don't have Sky Movies. A over a year. And, yeah. and they knew how to record off Sky Movies because you have to do some jiggery poke with <laughs> yeah. cables. And, yeah. But you at least had a way to see it. But Yeah, yeah. But nowadays, it's, nowadays I think you get like a month. Yeah. If something's if on, if something's on streaming, you just yeah. you either watch it or or you don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you snooze or you lose. Like, is um, it's funny you said that about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I'd I'd heard that that happened, but then when I finally came around to watching the movie, which was only like in the last six months, um, I had forgotten all that. <laughs> you now know the I mean? thing is, Once Upon a Time. Once upon a time, in fairness, I assumed that that's where it was going because yeah, the yeah. last like two movies Tarantino had directed had been alternate history movies. You know, yeah, he directed one that. where like a slave fought off slavers and fucking completely changed history. He and then the one yeah. before that, Hitler was shot to death by machine guns in a movie theater. Yeah. yeah. So I was pretty sure when I heard he was making a film about the Manson family, I was like. So the Manson family are going to die. I had a different yeah, idea yeah. of what would happen. I actually thought that when I first saw the trailer of Once Upon a Time, I assumed that Brad Pitt and DiCaprio's character would come across the crime scene and, oh, and go to the ranch for revenge or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I thought. Like, even when... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, like, at the start, when uh, Brad Pitt's character goes to the ranch the first time. yeah. I thought, okay, he's going to end up coming back here. Finding later. the crime scene. Yeah, he'll put yeah. it together and be Come like, back. I remember being at this ranch and those guys were there, yeah. so we'll go look even for though, it. Yeah. yeah, even though it was whatever, three years later when he was like, yeah, I, I figured he, that's how that was going to go down. And part um, of me thinks that would be better, but I do like the way Once Upon a Time went. It's just like the last 15 minutes <laughs> are just that. I'm very excited for the extended edition. 
Mm. If it ever happens. I just love the idea now that somebody will probably give us shit for spoiling Once Upon a Time. Yeah, no, yeah. But the point is that <laughs> film was out like three years now. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's on like Netflix, so you have no excuse. Yeah, yeah. No, but so in conclusion, we'll do the new uh Kong Godzilla. I think so. next episode. Yeah, we could do the original Toho one too, yeah. if we wanted to. But I think it might be as enjoyable as <laughs> no, the original no. Kong was because it's such a work of love and passion where that was just a is, yeah, I assume, just... I assume it's it's I assume it's men in suits. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, which is the I, same as the the King Kong remake from the seventies. It's just men in suits. I was really surprised by this version that there wasn't. I expected all loads of the scenes, loads of the scenes to be a man in a suit, intercut with yeah. Um, so all, I figured all the stuff on the ground where he's like running through the jungle and not fighting another creature and all that kind of stuff. I expected all that to be man in a suit. So apparently, I don't think they even attempted it for this one in the sequel, Son of Kong, because they were so pressed for time that was presented to them and they just decided to not do it because they just thought the blend, yeah, like that you either, you get used to seeing the stop, the sort of jagged stop motion. Yeah, yeah. If you intercut that with a man in a suit, the viewer becomes aware then of the difference. Yeah, and it, yeah I suppose. Um, I think there... Now, I might be wrong on this. I think there is a scene in Son of Kong where it is a man in a suit, and they went in and they, ch- they slowed the frame rate to make it look more stop motion. Oh, uh, interesting. Which is clever to... Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Son of Kong... So, uh, Son of, so King Kong came out in 1933... Very yeah, successful. Yeah. Son of Kong came out in December 1933. Whoa. Ten months between the two. Well, it took like three years to make the first one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, Son of Kong isn't great. It's Well, actually, Son of Kong's pretty good character-wise because it follows... Uh, shit, what the director's name? Uh, Denim. It picks up right after King Kong and he's, pretty, he's just getting sued by everybody. Wow. And so he go. He he joins this other disgraced captain, uh, and they're just yeah. like. I think there might be smugglers. <laughs> uh, okay. And he just ends up getting back to Skull Island. Yeah. But he's got a good character arc because he fi- they end up finding like King Kong's son. Oh yeah. And he's a bit smaller, and he, I think he like maybe he's just been in a fight and he's like wounded or trapped. And then it actually like helps him. Oh, so they have a relationship then. Yeah, and he ends up coming to their aid later in the film yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But then he never even thinks of bringing the son back oh, or anything. Because okay. that's where like I thought it was going that he get he, he has another opportunity to bring yeah, a giant yeah, monster yeah. back, but it never even occurs to him. It seems like he he's actually learned a lot. And he yeah, yeah, that's cool. So it's kind of the was it the mouse and the lion with the thorn and his yeah paw exactly. kind of story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's a good way to do. So there's redemption for dodgy denim. <laughs> yeah, dodgy denim. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like with the, I just thought the the miniature work and okay, the model work is really good, but the miniature work in this is amazing. Like the the sets the and, stuff. and everything. Like oh yeah, it's unreal. It's so well made. It's brilliant. I absolutely loved it. And yourself, I still don't fully understand how they'd done the 
the Broadway scene where they reveal when they've brought King Kong back to New York and they reveal him. I can't tell where the pro- the rear projection ends. Yeah, because you see this huge a... stage and Fay Ray and the director and all them are in the foreground and King Kong's in the background, but he blends perfectly. The, the curtain behind him is yeah. also behind them in the foreground, and I I just can't tell where the rear projection actually ends in that frame. Oh yeah, you don't know where the line is in it. Yeah, but obviously it is somewhere like. The curtain, obviously, the cart they have this massive curtain in the background for both, and it's just placed perfectly that they yeah, blend yeah. in. It's done so well, though. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, like, if you haven't, like, and I don't mean you need to have gone to film school, but if you aren't, like, kind of like semi aware of how special effects work, yeah. you don't appreciate how incredible King Kong's effects are. Yeah, I think, but that's the thing with, like, um, okay, it wouldn't be appreciated as much now with the modern audience ninety years later. But it's the it's one of those things is the less you notice special effects, the better they are. You know, yeah, and that's um, that's where it's brilliant. It's um, crazy when you say that it's ninety years. Like this film's nearly a hundred years old. I know it's crazy. Like when your kid is in secondary school, this film will be a hundred years old. Yeah. Because it's what thirty three. We're in twenty one now, so it's ninety. Yeah, ninety two years old. Like that's it's madness. Yeah. Now I think um, so. We usually put ourselves in in the scenarios. Yeah, this makes sense for us. We bought. We we went to film school, so uh, yeah. you you have a moving picture you're working on. I'm producing yeah. it for you. We're going off on a boat to some island. You got a map off some drunk lad. I show up on the, the night bar. we're leaving, and I tell you, Shane. No, no actress will work with us after the spaghetti incident. So <laughs> nobody knows what that is. I, I, that's just a word that came to. I think that's a Guns N' Roses album. I think that's. It just sounds like it, there'd be a story to it. Like nobody will work with us after the spaghetti incident. That is that is a that is a good script writing, Johnny. That's just one of those things. <laughs> And that it's never mentioned again. Like you never have later on where the character's like, what's the spaghetti incident? Yeah. So, you might reference it like, oh my God, this is worse than the spaghetti incident. Yeah, yeah but that's it. But it's only those. Two. And, and so and you just have another character just kind of looks at you and goes, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so first of all, what do you do? Like before we even go up against Kong, what do you do? Do you go to a women's shelter and look for an actress? I was going to say, so then do we proceed to start driving around at night <laughs> Look, and, and then like the cops are like what are you doing and you're like oh we we're, we're, we um we need an actress for a movie you're like the best thing about that scene in the movie is how disappointed denim looks when he walks by all the women waiting for the women's shelter yeah it's <laughs> and it's just him like shaking his head slowly as he walks by these women being like so do you get three meals here and this guy's like <laughs> Yeah, he's just got that like, like the, the, the that there's an episode of The Simpsons with the I'm sea captain. Say that. It's like not a looker among them. He's like, ah, not a looker in the lot. No, I think at that point I'd be more like, I think we need a rewrite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, maybe you would find somebody. Last minute, you find. I mean, actors are desperate, though. Do anything, you know. It's true. It's true. Um, in fact, we could probably just get a guy to wear a wig. 
is it the 30s that we're doing this we'll go a bit more modern no we'll go it's 2008 it's when we were in college <laughs> okay so our movies fade footage then yeah Oh, it would be. I just don't want to make it too modern because then it's too safe. But yeah, it'd be found footage. Sorry, this is my first thing I could think of. It's too old to find footage. But you're absolutely right. It would be. Yeah. Anywhere up until two thousand, from two thousand and eight to two thousand and thirteen, it would be found footage. Yeah, yeah. And um, so you find some. Let's say we we get somebody anyway. We find somebody in a chipper in Kulak. But Johnny, women just can't help being a bother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Direct quote from the movie. If you weren't listening earlier, why are you listening now? Anyway. Yeah, Um, take that out of context. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So we find somebody down the chipper. Some young one shouting at racist remarks. Actually, for us, we would just grab somebody on our course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's one of the girls we went to college with. Yeah. Um, Which is what you done in, like, when we went to college. Half of the actors in your films and stuff would just be so... You wouldn't bother to look for an actor. And last minute, you would just grab somebody. I, I don't know. One of... Oh, my God. One of our college projects at one point, we had to shoot an advert, a fake advert for a cereal, yeah, yeah. a breakfast cereal. And I was like the producer of my group's version or our, my group's project. And we never uh, got a kid. We had to, it was meant to be like a family eating breakfast and we never like cast a kid. So uh, I just got Shane to play the kid. <laughs> and, and for reference, I did have hair back then. Um, yeah. And we vaguely suggested you might just be like that you were. 21 but we're just special (laughs) and the really funny thing about it is when we were on set we had this moment where we realized i was the oldest person in the room (laughs) you were older than the people playing your parents (laughs) and And the lecture gave us so much shit about where it's like it's just it's so lazy that you just turned around to the person that sits behind you and passed them (laughs) and um in all fairness, though, they they demanded a lot for very little for uh, stuff like that. It's it, like, it was a stupid like problem. Where... But it was like, you've got three hours to shoot and your location is an hour away. Go. Like, and I was like 19 living in, like, I was like two months living in Dublin. I was like, where am I going to find a four-year-old? Like, what yeah, do yeah. I do? Just like knock on a door, my neighbor's and door, that, and that was, like, borrow your and kid? That, that project was, we were given... We weren't given scripts. We were given like outlines or something. We were, we were, were just given, given the product. product. We were given the oh, product given the you product, had to advertise. Yeah, yeah. But I think the product yeah. you were given and was else. a children's cereal. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think it was wasn't... specifically like to advertise the toy in the like the, the fact that this cereal was given away a toy. You know how cereals used to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were given like so. It's obviously you were given kids. a brief, like a client. The idea was meant to be you were given a client brief. So you're making a video for a company. Or yeah. Whatever, and, Someone else did a toothpaste. I uh, I can't even tell you what my team did. Um, I was in the toothpaste advert. I was playing a name. Yeah, you were in it. Yeah. I before I went, I went to film. I think you were school. doing coffee, were you? I think your team might have done the coffee. No, one. no, I didn't do the coffee one. No, oh. I just remembered the the coffee one. <laughs> it was uh, all the shit people. <gasps> <laughs> uh, 
Oh remember, yes, right, I remember. Sorry. I remember. I remember the lecturer just going through all their raw footage, just berating the shit out of them for like an hour because it was just like, "Did you look through the camera?" And like they literally didn't look through the camera. Oh, but Jesus, I, I can't remember what I did now. It's funny that you can remember because you've listed probably every one other than we did a dating agency. I just remembered. That was it. And that was actually yeah. good. Yeah, because it was just like people's auditions for the date. And it, yeah, oh, yeah, man, that's, we, that's dated us yeah. so much. It, 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 it like a video agency dating advert agency. Yeah, was yeah. a thing back then. Just, just use Tinder. <laughs> um, the... I'd say that was actually pretty outdated even then, to be fair. Yeah, I think it was. They were but, just using um, the same brief for the last 10 years. So before, before I went to film school, I never thought I'd spend so much time acting. Being in mm. stuff, you know what I mean. When I wanted to do film and stuff, because my whole thing yeah. is I wanted to do like camera and directing and writing, and um, I never thought I'd spend so much time in front of the camera. Yeah, I didn't do. I didn't spend much time in front of the camera in college. I think when one of the first things we done. Remember, we had to like recreate scenes from like Fargo for Frank's class, which was really good. And I ended up being in. I think I was in like three different groups. Fargo scene. <laughs> Yeah. Just because, just because I knew all the dialogue anyway, so I yeah. I couldn't act, but I all like I love that movie so much that I didn't need to learn lines, so I could be semi convincing. Oh, yeah. And then I wanted them, I started improvising a lot, and we added a scene because it was the scene where we're just going on. No, we're going on. Such yeah, it's a too long a time. Yeah. So anyway, back to I played a dead. I did play a dead body quite a bit in other in other films. Yeah, there's always you're always a dead body. Um, the... So we're we're oh, oh sorry no you going to say so it's so it's us back then we're making a, I've I've been yeah, given I've... a mysterious map by an old man in a pub yeah I think we ha- we 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 probably should just get to the island at this point yeah yeah <clears throat> so I think so the we difference... get on a boat and <laughs> <laughs> we're on the island right so I think yeah, the difference yeah. here is like I think um we'd be better in this scenario because I think. Especially if it's myself and yourself, yeah. we'd probably like go on a location scout first. Surely, we're not just going to pile off off the no, boat no. with the crew. We don't, and we'd have like there'd be not a local, but like like in the captain in the film can speak the the local tongue or a version of it anyway. Yeah, yeah. or a, a similar language that it's enough. To... Yeah. I think we'd be more inclined to go on a bit of a scouting mission with him and maybe just a guy with a gun. Rather than bring yeah, everybody yeah. there, I feel like we. What I'm getting at is, I just feel like we would discover Kong before going there. With we the even group. before we even find the natives. Okay. I just have this vision of us just walking through the jungle and we just like see Kong just sitting there, and just what's your <laughs> what's your what do you think your reaction? We're just like on a location scout, and you just see there's just like giant gorilla just sitting there eating some bamboo or whatever. Like, what's your first reaction? <laughs> It's holy shit, that's a big fucking gorilla. <laughs> um, yeah, because he's... What is he in? In this, he's meant to be, like, what, about 20 feet tall or something? Isn't that what they said? He's... Yeah, like, it's funny. In the film, so he varies between 18 and 40 feet. Does he go to 40? Yeah, he goes to 40, I think, technically, when he's on the Empire State Building, he's 40. Oh, the way they scaled it, like... Yeah, yeah now... um what's his face uh marion cooper he didn't like that he 
yeah, the co-director. I think he was uncredited originally. But yeah, I saw that on him. Both directors are uncredited. Oh, really? That's weird. But he, so he didn't. He wanted him to be eighteen feet, and he didn't like the variation. But the other director just wanted to do what was best for the scene, which yeah, I yeah. kind of respect that too. Yeah. But I think technically it means the Kong is only like 80. It's, he's meant to be 18 feet. Yeah. So Kong so he's, 25 or something in between. Yeah. Because 18, like, realist, like 18 feet, like it's mad. If you saw an 18 foot gorilla, you would absolutely shit yourself. But it's not insane in that, yeah. like, I think that there's, I, I think it's technically an orangutan. That lived like maybe between six to a hundred, six million to a hundred and fifty thousand years ago, who reached like eight foot or something. Wow, that's Which crazy. Is, yeah, um, maybe it's not eight that's foot, big. but it's pretty massive. Well, think of it like tallest person human I've ever met is probably about seven foot. Yeah, that I've met in like I've shook their hand. I've... <laughs> tried to put my hand on their shoulder. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that is really tall. Yeah, so there's one, uh, Giantopithecus, and there's three, there was three different versions of him. The oldest dating back to like six million years ago, and the most recent was Giantopithecus blackie. Uh, so between two million to 200,000 years ago. And so they don't have, they re- like he could have been about three, me- three meters tall. Right. But he'd have been really wide. Uh, they found th- the only evidence they have of his existence is teeth. But his his uh, I think molars are three times the size of human molars. Meaning, like he'd have wow. the, the primates they have roughly the same number of teeth. So if, if one yeah. tooth is three times the size, that means the mouth is three times the size. Yeah, yeah. Which you would reckon? Well, that should mean the head is three times the size. The body tree, like, yeah, that's a that's massive mass. That's not far off. I mean, it is far off King Kong, but no, but but that ape must have weighed like a ton, like literally a ton. I don't mean, oh, he weighed a ton, yeah, yeah. he weighed a like a thousand kilos, <laughs> but and apparently, yeah, he would have been closer to an orangutan, but which is weird because orangutans are like tree dwelling apes. Well, yeah, he'd have been yeah. way too big to be in a tree, so he'd have been on the ground. Yeah, yeah, because gorillas are on the ground. Yeah, uh, but that's a, so that's a pretty massive creature to have existed. That is big. It was not quite King Kong, but I feel I, my point was I, I feel like the the eighteen to like twenty two foot version of King Kong, like it's not insane. It's not like Godzilla where he's like seventy feet. Like we, we've talked no. about this in our Godzilla episode, where Godzilla literally could not. Physically, just could not exist. The earth—it's yeah, way too big. Yeah. It, it, the earth just doesn't allow for a creature that size to exist. Yeah. yeah. Whereas King Kong, there's nothing. There's nothing to prevent him from existing yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. of the the physical buildup of our of our planet, the atmosphere, know, yeah. the gravitational pull, all that. Yeah, the oxygen in the air and stuff. Yeah, like he's around. Like there's dinosaurs that were roughly the same size. Yeah, because that's the thing is that in prehistoric areas and stuff the oxygen was like was it two or three times the level it is now and that's why they were bigger yeah um compared to now so the um, but that's uh yeah like well, i think technically a dinosaur could live now they just wouldn't live as long for those reasons like as they got oh, older okay. they couldn't oxygenate their body anymore yeah 
I thought they couldn't live at all because it's too. Well, pale. no, they probably won't. Well, they wouldn't live at all because they wouldn't live long enough to even procreate, basically. So technically, oh, okay. Yeah, what yeah. is in if you brought one, if if you put one in a time machine and brought him to yeah, now, yeah. they would live for a while. They won't yeah. like fall apart as soon as if that makes sense. I get you. Yeah, yeah. they'd just be like. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, they'd be in bad health and they would have <laughs> yeah. a short life. Yeah. But... Um yeah, there's one of one of the sailors does say in this, um, oh my god, he's the size of a house. Or uh, mm. something like that. And um it's like, yeah, like think of that, like an a mo- an animal that moving animal is the size of your house. Like what what's the biggest animal you've been close to? Probably like an elephant. Oh yeah, an elephant, I mean. Well, I mean yeah. Longest would be a giraffe, but they're not yeah, yeah. big necessarily. Yeah, they're not. Imp- uh, giraffes aren't imposing in a way in the zoo. But a giraffe's a... head would reach the height of what King Kong is meant to be in this film. That's a Roughly. big fucking animal. <laughs> Considering yeah. it's the power of a gorilla, like the, the arms and the big shoulders and stuff, like the weight of it, like. Are we just having is is this are we currently having this conversation as we just have seen King Kong? Because that's where we, we where we left off. We're walking through the jungle and we just see well, King Kong. Well, that's, 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 so, so we're just standing into, there having this conversation. I'm just trying to get into the mindset of like that's a big is a big fucking gorilla, man. <laughs> Look at him. And then you're like, well, actually, he's not a gorilla because see the way he's standing more up straight and stuff. He's a different type <laughs> of primate chain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um this is like look he just he just body like rock bottomed that that teeth yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a wrestling move there though. That's a good good one to call on. Yeah, him just clotheslining dinosaurs and stuff. <laughs> Bouncing off trees like the off the line. rips off his shirt. Hulkamania's running wild. Well, I guess what's actually interesting too is so so the natives have like a relationship with Kong. Like they're sacrif- they're they're sending him brides and stuff. To, obviously, to keep him, he obviously protects them in a way. Yeah, they, or they get st- into he leaves that, them alone if they give them. Yeah, they get into with. that a little bit more in Skull Island, where he's yeah. more of a, pr- a protector. Yeah, he, but you do. He, he is the king of the island. That's the. Yeah, yeah. It's but obviously, like... in, in this, they have the walls, they have the gates, so they separate themselves from all the giant creatures. The other side of the wall. Yeah, this sounds really stupid, but like I'd kind of okay. I'd see, I hadn't seen this movie, but I'd seen Skull Island and the original, um, or the remake, the Peter Jackson remake. And then watching this, I was like, "There's like, oh, what could be behind that wall?" I was like, "It's King Kong." totally forgetting like oh yeah it's giant insects and dinosaurs and yeah loads of other shit too <laughs> i think a lot so, of people do forget that, that it's not that yeah skull island is inhabited by just loads of giant creatures yeah yeah that's good um i love the idea that there's still dinosaurs alive on an island somewhere though it's pretty cool but i guess the idea is if they're giving him brides and shit he has a reason to come to the wall so just by him being around there, he's will fight off other intruders. Oh shit! I think I lost you. Yeah. Okay, I've lost Shane. Oh no! Did that end the podcast? No, you're back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're recording again. Yeah. Well, actually, oh, 
We before. can we can do some uh, drunk Patreon after this. <laughs> drunk Patreon. It sounds like like when like you know those cosplayers that have like women who have their own Patreon like fans only. Yeah, yeah, or only fans. Yeah, yeah. Only fans, fans. Like, check out only fans for my lewd content. <laughs> yeah, my eighteen plus content. Yeah. You said you were, you had some points you wanted to make. I'm curious now to what those were. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hang on. Um, let me pull up my notes here. Well, um, something I want to point out that I had just written down here, because i kind of forgotten about it from when I saw the film originally, is just how many people Kong actually fucking just slaughters in the movie. That's one of my things, is the body count is 40. It's 40? Okay, it's actually lower than I thought. Because yeah. I, I a lot of these type of films, especially because Kong isn't really like he's meant to be somewhat sympathetic in the film, like yeah, his home's been invaded. One, Sorry, yeah, I don't know. In this version, I thought he's just a fucking loony, isn't he? He's just a maniac. I think he is a maniac, but there's part of me that feels like like he thinks. Like so, his like he thinks he's protecting Fairey for most of it. Like that's even the thing yeah. at the end when he's in New York. Jack oh, yeah, even yeah, says it that he thinks you're attacking her. Yeah, yeah. And and like he's he he isn't rough. Obviously, he's rough with her because he's dragging her around like a rag doll. But he doesn't realize that because he's a yeah, a fucking yeah he's, primate. He's, he's trying to protect her. Like uh, yeah. But he is just absolutely brutal. Like, there's that amazing... I completely forgot about when he's in New York and he's climbing up the building and there's that woman in bed and he grabs her and he checks. He thinks she might be Fay Ray. And when he realizes yeah. she isn't, he just tosses her aside and she just plummets to her death. <laughs> like, oh, it's so dark. It there was loads me. of that stuff was, was cut out of the release, the cinematic release after, like, not the, the second release, as it were. yeah. But the way she's treated reminded me of in Jurassic World, that woman who's like captured by the pterodactyl and then flung around yeah, yeah. and then a fucking another dinosaur eats both of them. Like she just gets treated really badly. <laughs> it's um no, this is great. While I was watching it and I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Johnny this question when I was watching the scene, but when uh, he comes out and he's attacking the villagers in on the island. Because mm. um, they're all trying to stop him coming through the the gates, and then he comes through, and then he just goes, well, he goes apeshit <laughs> um, on them, and they're like they're throwing spears and arrows at him and all sorts of stuff. And um, it's a point where he just starts taking these people like out of their huts and yeah. just throws them on the ground and stamps on them. Yeah, yeah. And um, Oh, like, at, like yeah at that point he's going oh, no. he, he's not just like godzilla like godzilla is kind of just like walking through a city and just crushing what whatever's in its path just out yeah, of like yeah. anger doesn't even know what he's doing like you do get the the impression king kong is literally making like, the i am crushing this this creature oh he is yeah he's like fuck you motherfucker he's like stop yeah. the man yeah godzilla is like more just primal instinct where there's decisions behind Kong's Yeah. Actions. Yeah, like I feel like Godzilla doesn't even know what he's doing in the original. Yeah. In in the first Godzilla. Which is why it was probably easier to make Godzilla a kind of a hero, a good yeah. guy later. Is this the original Godzilla where they like 
use like an acid bomb or something, or they hit him with a nuke, and he he's just a skeleton at the bottom of the ocean. And stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's all about yeah, the movie's all about like mad scientists and stuff. It's a fucking bizarre movie. Um, but anyway, the but no, yeah, when he because before he does that, just the, the archers are hitting him and they're on like a platform. And he just picks up one of them and just puts him in his mouth and just kind of chomps him just to kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he like does a it to a Cuban cigar, like you're biting yeah. the tip off. And then later he does it to a few people in the city. And um, but so my question for you is: Would you rather be chomped to death or stomped to death by go- by uh, King Kong? Oh, surely you're going with stomped, right? I don't know. I think the tune. If he's just picking you up and taking a bite out of you, depending on where he bites, like you could survive for a while. Yeah, but one of the guys he stomps on, like he stomps him, and then the guy is just like, because uh, 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 he's like, so you're just crushed like, his spine. Every, t- every bone in your body is crushed, but you're still alive. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, like chances are he's going to hit some pretty crucial organs if he chomps through you. Yeah, at least, at least seconds. you're bleeding out. Like, mm, yeah, maybe chomping. I just feel like that'd be a hard. Like, no, as both quick are horrible. As, that, <laughs> as quick as the chomping might be, can you imagine just how? I think it'd feel like a lot longer because your senses would be so heightened, and you would smell his breath. You would feel his saliva on you. I think it'd be like a really horrible. It might only be a few moments, but I think it would feel like hours. That made me shiver. I was thinking about <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it'd be horrible. Like, imagine, like, you think of how warm, like, a human's breath is. Imagine, like, an entire mouth around you. You would feel, you would feel the acid from his stomach hit you. You know when someone gets in too close to your face? Yeah, like a drunk, you get, you start talking yeah. to a drunk guy in a pub, and they're getting too close to you, and you feel their breath on you. It's fucking horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like outside of a bathroom. It's a two-second conversation. You get away from them, but it feels like forever. Yeah, that's. Uh... But it's that only with a giant like forty-foot <laughs> gorilla that's about to chew through you. I yeah, think, that's where I and, think the crush is. And like the way they're stomped is both of them are face down on the ground. So your face is in the dirt. You almost don't even know what happened to you. You know what I mean? You're that's thrown. The... You're thrown to the ground, and then lights out like yeah because he stomps you even if it, i think you you would be broken so much too like your spine is crushed so you're probably actually not feeling a lot i'd say all your nerves are shattered and you're probably actually not feel i'd say mentally it's horrible because you just know that you're you're fucked. everything's yeah, yeah. broken and you're done for but physically you're probably actually not feeling a lot of pain initially you are but once his foot once he's moved like two feet away by that point i'd say your nerves are so shattered that you're actually not physically feeling much of anything yeah see i was thinking of the teeth that like if these teeth are so big compared to your torso that like you're gonna one two so quickly yeah 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 one two is enough to just but compared to just lying there crushed bleeding internally you know <laughs> um but yeah the whole the experience of being chomped is as you said it yeah time yeah i think that'd be i think that'd be pretty horrible um 
like yeah yeah i'm going with stomped now <laughs> After it's that a luck thing it's it's just down to luck like if he hits yeah. you in the right spot you could go quickly enough but and as well if he stomps you the odds of him crushing your skull and just killing you straight away are much higher because the surface yeah. area of his foot and your body like odds are um you might even notice like you you yeah. you get thrown face down and everything goes black and that's it spaghetti incident so do you think is there any way to survive it like what do you think you could do if you're in that village when kong's coming just fucking run man (laughs) don't attack him get away from him get to the boat like there's some easy steps you can take when he reaches new york like there's stuff when his hand comes through the window to get fey ray in new york and there's that great scene where jack picks up like a, a wooden chair to beat Godzilla, like Godzilla or Godzilla, Kong's arms, Kong's arms coming through the window, and Jack just starts hitting him with a chair. And the entire time, I was just like, "Why wouldn't you just leave the room? Because you can just go into the hall, and he can't reach." Like they're literally <laughs> like moment. There's a really funny moment in the movie where Denim comes up the stairs, and he's Jack comes out the door of the room, and they meet in the stairwell, and Denim just goes careful king kong's climbing the building and he's like yeah he got on <laughs> and they're like shit let's go to the roof and like, like... <laughs> but he just says he's like careful he's climbing the building he's like yeah yeah he already got her like <laughs> that's so funny but they should have just like you could easily avoid him in new york if you just stay in a hallway essentially and just wait for the military to shoot him down <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah that's it in the in the village in the jungle it's get to the boat because even if he can't swim you know you going out to the sea it gets deep very quickly yeah 18 well 18 feet if if he is a gorilla he can't swim he's probably afraid of large bodies of water anyway yeah i think we're the only primates that can swim um yeah i'm trying to think now there's some usually chimp chimpanzees don't swim but I've seen some documentaries of like there's specific tribes of chimpanzees that swim because of their environment that they happen to have a really large lake beside them and they will go into the lake to get to like a food source that's on an island in the lake or you know there's something weird like that like but it's right. just that specific the culture of that tribe of chimpanzees right and it's sure. all about environment but generally they're like fuck this I'm not going in the water and because uh, as I think about it, in is it, is in, it definitely in, chimpanzees? Or? I think it's chi- ch- right. I think it's chimps. Um, because in um in Dublin Zoo, now all the modern um monkey enclosures, they're all surrounded by water to stop them. Yeah, because because yeah. monkeys are really hard to contain. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they love making tools and getting through this, so they'll get through locks and they'll figure out ways through doors and stuff. Where now they have them all on islands essentially um to stop them coming across yeah, yeah. but either way i think like if we're going off sort of what what other other apes from our, our real world can and can't do i would assume kong can't swim oh yeah it's no way yeah and also if he could you would imagine he would have gotten off that island before yeah, exactly. Uh, well, like eighteen feet is very small when you're facing a whole ocean as well. That's yeah, but I mean, you know, you have a 
fucking walruses that uh, come from the Antarctic to Ireland. Yeah, l- did, looking for for a woman. Did you see that? You saw that article a few oh, weeks did, ago, right. and then he showed up in Wales like a few days later. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that guy. I hope he's all right. The idea of a walrus that just fell asleep on an iceberg and then woke up in Kerry. <laughs> the stories, the stories he's going to be going back to his friends with. Yeah, yeah. He's like, lads, and I woke up and there was these little woolly, there was like these little woolly dogs on the rocks. <laughs> there was nobody there was... trying, there was no bears trying to kill me. Oh, it was paradise. There's just these woolly seals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're really dry. <laughs> and he'd have fucking eat because, like, their diet is ma- mainly like crabs and stuff, which there would yeah, have been yeah. loads in. Ke- so he'd have just he'd have eaten like a king while he was there, with no predator trying to kill him. Yeah, yeah, because he's no polar bears. It's really you know, it's a mad story. This is a really interesting fact. You'll love this one, which is so um, the 2013 book. Abominable Science argues that the UK release of King Kong in the spring of 1933 led directly to the supposed sightings of a sea monster in Loch Ness in Scotland. Right? Wow. The first sightings of the supposed Loch Ness monster occurred within six months of the film's release. The descriptions and blurry photos of Nessie that emerged from 1933 on seemed likely inspired by the scene in King Kong in which a prehistoric water beast a meat-eating brontosaurus attacks the searchers on a raft. Which is the first thing when I saw that scene, that's the first, oh, that looks like Loch Ness. I even thought, yeah. like, oh, we should do a Loch Ness episode because that reminded me of it. I, ne- I never even thought to look that up. So the first sign of Loch Ness actually coincides with... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Not that I ever believed in Loch Ness, but that just... So it's bull- like it's complete bullshit. I want to believe in Loch Ness so much. I'd love to believe it, but it's obviously bullshit. But now, like, if the first sighting shows up, yeah, now that I know that, <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's not even an argument to be made. That's like all the fucking, what's that conspiracy theorist who uh, talks about lizard people and shit, David Ike. Oh yeah. Any of his conspiracies usually, like when he first started talking about lizard people. It was. It wasn't long after Day Live came out. Oh, really? And then, like you know, when The Matrix came out, he took shit from that, and like pretty much, he just like watches movies and then like rejigs some of the elements of the story and starts like making up bullshit conspiracy theories about it. It's <laughs> really funny. Yeah, uh, I fucking idiot. And most of his stuff is just subtext for like anti-Semitic yeah. stuff. I uh, that's. Kind of most conspiracy theories, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't even think yeah. to look at anything like that. Did you look that up, or you just came across it? I just came across it, and I was like, "Ooh, I got to mention really that on the podcast." Um, it's a really good theory because if it's within six months of that film, like it literally has the moment where like it comes up out of the water with, and it's the and imagery is the exact same. Eats them and all. Like, yeah. Um, that's the thing I found the most interesting is the first three dinosaurs they come across are herbivores and they all try to eat people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or do eat people. Um, I think it's but funny. then they're also, they're dinosaurs, but they're also not 
well it's like the way king kong is bigger than a normal gorilla like the yeah it's not a triceratops but it's a dinosaur similar to a triceratops but he's like four times the size that should be of, yeah yeah, yeah. Even so the stegosaurus men... that they shoot when they first go through like it's, yeah, yeah, it's way bigger than it should be. The pterodactyl is the size of Godzilla, like so. It's closer to like a matra or something. Yeah. yeah. So they are meant to be like this is meant to be an island of like new creatures, but also yeah. even like the spider, the spider pit scene. Like there are giant spiders, Ooh. there's giant crap. It's giant everything. So they're meant to be like different creatures. Yeah, yeah. and also like I mean, most primates are actually herbivores too so even the fact that godzilla is or godzilla king kong is eating people i keep saying godzilla yeah i keep trying to stop myself saying godzilla it's funny it's a better individual name just godzilla it's more natural i know it's kong Uh, but like kong wouldn't like you know technically he shouldn't be eating people either well although they do eat each other to prove a point and shit (laughs) (laughs) although the thing is when you actually look into a lot of herbivores they're that's their diet but if they get desperate enough, they will. Like deer, a lot they're of omnivores, like, really. Yeah. yeah, deer and elk will eat meat. Like they'll even eat yeah, each yeah. other if they're st- if they if they're hungry and they come across the corpse yeah, most, of most animals will. Yeah. Um, I really have to pee. Can you pause for a second? Yeah, sure. I'm just going to restate that though because I wasn't recording. But uh, so I am sending you just a, a graph of what Giantopithecus uh, looked like compared to humans and other apes. Oh, it's a very man, old that's, image. that's really big. Uh, that is terrifying. Do you see Chewbacca's listed there? Chewbacca wasn't that big. That doesn't seem right. He is not that big compared to most people. No yeah. way. But maybe that's why he he's meant to be, but just because the actor was only seven foot. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, he's like the actor's what seven foot, and he wears stilts. He's maybe like seven and a half to eight feet max. But that looks yeah, but maybe there's just dialogue in Star Wars that says he's bigger than he actually is, or something, or like in the animated stuff, he's drawn bigger, yeah. or something like that. But like Giantopithecus, like you look at him compared to Kong, there, it's like he's not. That, like okay he's still less than half the size he's, but... he's like kong's kid like <laughs> yeah but he's still like if if that creature could have existed like two hundred thousand years ago it's not yeah. crazy the idea of kong no it's not. i'm not saying i believe that kong could exist but i'm just saying like the film isn't completely ridiculous yeah that that uh giganticus uh Gigantic, I can't pronounce that. <laughs> I think it's Gigantopithecus. Yeah, is um, is like what is it? Mighty Joe Young wasn't that the movie that came out in the early two yeah. thousands? It's like about that size. Well, you know, Mighty Joe Young also is a film from from the forties as well. Really, that was a remake. And uh, do you know who uh, <laughs> who, who who was behind it? You can probably guess based on this conversation. It was uh, Willis O'Brien. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, I think it was kind of like, it, it's pretty much King Kong, but more. Oh, yeah. 1949. More realistic. It's funny. Yeah, it's essentially just a more realistic King Kong, or the talk. Like, yeah. This is a, a, a version of King Kong that could have existed. And it's, a, it's a very similar story, except that he's um, he's more controllable, more sympathetic. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah, we just looked at that film coming out in 98. I would have guessed like 2002, 2003. Maybe that's all we could do. Yeah, we can do that towards the... As we get the on. End of, <laughs> the end of April. October. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It just makes no sense. I just realized something else. Oh, So we weren't recording for this, but so for listeners, I tried sending Shane a picture of that graph on the Zencaster chat, which is the service we use to record yeah. the podcast. And Shane couldn't see the message. And I was like, that's weird that he can't see it. Because there used to be a chat on this. And I just realized <laughs> the button I clicked wasn't our private chat. <laughs> I just sent that to the help desk for Zencaster. <laughs> <laughs> so I just randomly sent... <laughs> Sorry, I clicked on that and didn't realise. Oh yeah, hi there. It's the help desk guy. Yeah. So I just sent them around. Oh man, it just just says check this shit out and then there's a graph. I can't wait because it even says, hold on, I'll go back into it. Uh... That's hilarious. <laughs> You'll get replies here, or if our staff are not on call, you will get a reply to your email. Uh, so oh, I look man. forward to seeing what it is. That is really funny. Because right beside it is just says, type here to chat. You don't yeah. have to press the button. <laughs> But we there used to be just a chat on this. Like, we used to do that before. Yeah. Like, because when we're doing the Megaton episode, that's where I, I sent you, like, some messages during that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's really funny. Oh, man. You, you need to make that, like, your mission in life now. You just send. I'll just keep sending them pictures of apes. Like, but like those ca- those kind of charts of things like wow <laughs> yeah. this is mind blowing and just keep sending them to like help desks and even when you're genuinely on a help thing like asking talk, and you get talking to someone then like, just oh by the way check out this yeah yeah how often must they get sent random shit like that from people that is such a neat like well the fact that there used to be a, a chat for people using the service there yeah i imagine i imagine they get like fucking all sorts of weird shit now <laughs> like my message is probably the least weird they've probably get, gotten dick pics like yeah yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> well i think the last the last time we we're recording was when we we're doing like talking about like sharks and i made a joke where i was like check out the size of this fucker to you and i sent you a picture of that meme of the Oh, your man, I um, can't think of his name, that was doing the rounds for eight, yeah. three lockdown. Um, but if I made that mistake tonight, they'd be getting that picture. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've kind of gotten a bit off trail there of if we're, we're on the island, we're doing our recce and we see a big giant gorilla. That was as far as we got. And then we were talking yeah. about the, 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 the munching and being squished well well, we got into our preferred deaths and that we would just run and if we're in new york we would just go into the hallway i think on the island you have very little escape other than going like we said getting back to the boat or even just getting into the sea because he probably can't swim and that's your only real hope yeah he'll he'll be 
he'll be running up and down the beach throwing his shit at you at that point, like if you're in the water. Um, yeah, and his turds would be pretty massive too, though. So that he'd have to be careful. <laughs> you definitely don't want a forty-foot ape throwing his shit at you. Oh fuck no! <laughs> but the I think. Most people, like most of the sailors who went on the rescue mission for uh, for Anne or um, will would die when you go through those gates. Just and it wouldn't necessarily be King Kong. I guess it'd be fucking anything. It's a giant crab. It's a giant spider. It's a dinosaur. It's um, the terrain. There's just so many different things that are going to kill you once you go. Yeah, through but I think I think we've probably just about covered most of it i mean we haven't decided if we survive i think um it's up to plot convenience whether you do survive this if you get off the island yeah (laughs) i mean realistically i don't think we would be as stupid as some of some of the characters were Uh, i think maybe we could make you know depending on kong's level of intelligence i feel like we could also make friends with him maybe yeah i there seemed to be no attempt at that in this movie, which I was... Because as we were saying in Peter Jackson's one, there is more of... He ha- he has a relationship with... Um, yeah. Like he... Okay, he kidnaps her and he pulls at her clothes and then he smells her and he's like, you're a pretty lady, kind of. Um, but then he like, knocks her over and is laughing at her and they kind of have... They, they, yeah, they start a yeah, bit of trust. Chemistry there. Um, and maybe I've created this in my head, but I'm pretty sure when they're trying to knock him out, and I think it's Jack Black plays the denim character, and he knocks him out with, in, in this gas bombs in the remake, I think it's like he just throws a shitload of ether at him or something. But um, she's like almost trying to protect him, isn't she, at that point? Yeah. She's I like, she's like page. yeah she's like leave him alone don't do like she doesn't she's really pissed off at them for like taking him back to the city and all that kind of stuff uh, well okay last question and we, and we will wrap it up here uh would you bring him back to the city try and make make your fortune off him no <laughs> um I'd i'm be, sure you would for some reason i'd be trying to no i'd be trying to get photos and video or photo, uh, film of them and stuff nobody like that. believe it though nobody i know it. yeah yeah um they, they well just... actually you know what nowadays they like i mean nowadays you wouldn't even need to go there you just make up a shit photoshop and post it on some dumb conspiracy board and they'd all believe it so yeah and I would just, I would call it all gorillas are actually this size and <laughs> scientists are lying to you um <laughs> yeah and when you go to the zoo and you see gorillas it's actually a trick they, they use mirrors and the gorillas are actually really far away and they make yeah. you think you're right up close to them but they're actually giant gorillas just further yeah. into the distance um, the reason that uh, science is doing this is because they don't think you are intelligent enough to be able to handle it the yeah, fact that a creature Trump, that big uh, exists yeah, and Trump is trying to break up the satanic cabal. Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I don't know that. how that works into it, but uh, <laughs> that's the reason they're lying to us about gorillas is because they're trying yeah. to... And you know what? There are gorillas in the mist. Just saying. 
so, so do we survive King Kong? Oh, I think it's 50-50. I, mean, I think only one of us is going to come out of there. I think one of us is chomped and one of us is stomped. I think that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, there's no, uh, there's no... You can't walk into the corridor in the, on the island. That's it's, up to, it's up to fate whether you survive on Skull Island. But I think in New York, I think we'd survive. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I think that's actually yeah, yeah. easily avoided just like unless you're on the train (laughs) unless you're on the train but even then i feel like that train wouldn't have been running like the darts maybe it's different for new york but i mean the darts in dublin stop running if a fox is on is on the line so if uh they they stop running in they stop running in autumn because there's leaves on the tracks (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) when i was in primary school there was a Beside the the school field behind the school, there was uh, like not a farm, but like just a field where like somebody kept like their racehorse, and there was like a a gate that kind of led into. It was an old gate that was like there was hedges growing over it, but kind of led into our school field. <laughs> and me and a friend, we all we we let the we let the horse out into the school field one morning. Just because we thought it'd be funny, <laughs> <laughs> and it ended up causing such a panic that like we all, we were all sent home from school, and then we realised that well, this is we we can't abuse this, but we can just get a day off school whenever we want if we just open that gate, just open a gate, <laughs> yeah, and it just created complete chaos. And just thinking about that, the fact of the the amount of chaos it caused just by like an animal just a, a an animal that we're all well used to getting out into the school field <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i just don't see how how a, a giant gorilla could have gotten that far that a train would still be running i know yeah i suppose, I suppose the difference now is that so king kong breaks out of the side he just kind of bursts through the wall of the theater essentially into the street and within about five minutes he's just killed by automatic machine gun fire by the police like, yeah it's just that's the thing he doesn't last long i don't know the police the, poli- the new york police just pulling up in a fucking tank just being like emptying um automatic maybe maybe there's some uh social commentary social commentary there that uh, you know he he was a king in his native world, and then he's like in New York an hour, and he's shot to death in the street by the police. But we don't get political on this podcast. Uh, I think we survive Kong. Uh, I don't think we defeat him or kill him. Don't think no, I no, want to really. I like the guy, but I think he. I, I think it's survivable enough, and I think we'll leave it there, and we'll uh, maybe we'll continue October. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, every time you say that, it's just... It's so dumb. Um, and until next time, have a nice apocalypse. Stay safe and no monkey business. <laughs>